Pittsburgh Steelers fans, what's going on? This is Jeff Hartman, editor of BehindTheSteelCurtain.com. Ready for another episode of the Steelers preview. It's our fourth time doing this, and my gosh, maybe they'll win one of these games that we preview once. But I just realized this. Does anyone else that's watching live on YouTube kind of feel like we're like a weird Brady Bunch right now with the squares? Yeah, the <laughs> Brian, of a man named Hartman. <laughs> Speaking of the lovely pipes there, that's Brian Anthony Davis. Brian, welcome to the show. How are you doing? I've got my hypocycloid on, and I'm ready to go. I'm feeling it this week. All right, David Schofield, what's going on? I'm already getting to where I'm making sure I'm unmuting myself. I'm ah. ready to go. I'm ready for this big, bad game. Yes, Brian Anthony Davis, this is your game coming up. Now, Dave, real quick, Brian and I were talking before the we, we came on the air. Is this a color rush game for the Steelers? I didn't think so, is it? It isn't unless they decide to do it at the last minute, like they did last year with New England. Uh, the color—I can't remember which one's which—but between the color rush and the throwback, one is the is the Monday night game against Miami, and the other is the game against the Rams. And the reason I remember this is when they announced it; those were the two games I was attending. So I can't remember which one's which. Well, then that's good news then, because I screwed up. I wore color rush tonight. And I've worn the exact jerseys that they've been wearing the last three weeks, and they've lost. So maybe the fact that I screwed up and I wore my uh, Rosie Nicks, even though he's not playing, I wore my Rosie Nicks color rush. And uh, that might uh, change the uh, mojo here. I, you're like me, Brian, and I'm a superstitious guy. I, I literally am searching for something, something to find that is working. You know, I've been wearing the same jersey as they are. I've tried my Zubas. That didn't work. I've tried everything. I just need something to stick. I'm literally like the Steelers offense right now, just throwing stuff against the wall, waiting for something to stick. So, oh, I've got it. I've got it. Dave, Dave will back me up on this. Something you never do, Jeff. You need to change it up. You'll watch the game with Dave and I on Monday night. <laughs> not, on Monday, not on Monday night. If it was a Sunday there at 1, that'd be different not a Monday nights are late. Those are awful. I don't go to bed till almost after well after one o'clock, but I digress. That's part of the job. And that's something that I'm okay with doing once in a blue moon. So here we go. Let's get right to things. We always start off the show the same way. And that's talking about news. Obviously Dave got to break this news on the Steelers stat geek this week. And that was the signing of tight end Nick Verrett of the Seattle Seahawks. The Steelers shipped a fifth round 2020 draft pick for Verrett. So, guys, I want to get your reaction quickly on the trade, what the Steelers gave up, and what the Steelers are getting in return. Brian, we'll start with you. Well, I'm really excited. I mean, I didn't realize they made two trades, but uh, we uh, picked up Nick Vanett, too. Um, so that's awesome. <laughs> I was going to say Is it not Vanette? Jeff is, is never wrong. No, no, it's you Nick said Verrett. Oh, Verrett? Yeah, it's it's Vanette. It's or been a long Vanette. day. I don't know. It's been a long day. So who is it? Is it Frank? <laughs> <laughs> it's Frank Verrett. <laughs> Frank Verrett. Like, what is his name? Nick Nick Vanett or Nick Vanette. Okay, I don't I know how it was pronounced. I but... thought that's what I said. But I'm, I've probably made a mistake. It happens to the best of us. Go ahead. Anyway. never wrong. So I've got to, I mean, I, I had to I'm, throw that out there. I'm wrong a lot. Ask my wife. 
<laughs> well, if you ask my wife, I uh, I shouldn't even be in the conversation. But um, no, you know what? I love this trade, and people are complaining, and uh, we're going. Tony and I are going to go ahead and do a point counterpoint on uh, you know giving away draft picks, trading away draft picks. But my contention is, look, you know, you have a need now. You have to fill it, and you're filling it early. And I know it's a fifth round pick, probably a little too high um, for everybody's taste, but. I don't care. You need a guy in there now. And and like your article said the other day, Jeff, that they weren't going to uh, – this wasn't just a, a knee-jerk reaction to Vance McDonald being in a sling. This was something that they have been thinking about after looking at the tight end depth over the first three weeks of the season. They wanted to get it done, and they got it done. So, yeah, I, I like it. Um, you need to bring a guy in now. They're not giving up on the season, and uh, I'm not giving up on it either so i want another tight end in here dave what are your thoughts on the trade i think this was something they've been trying to do for a while and all the pieces had to fall into place and it's not that they wanted him specifically and we saw the reports that the steelers have been pursuing him for some time uh you know how they like their ohio state guys so that kind of makes sense and so they were after him. And when the, what the reason it made sense for the Seahawks is, one, the Steelers offered enough. And two, um, Luke Wilson was available for them to pick up back up. Um, I talked to to Brandon from Field Goals. Um, I communicated with him to find out a little bit more about Vanette. And uh, he said that their, their fan base is happier to get Wilson back because of, of that. To me, sometimes it's not always about which player is better is do they fit well with what you have? And I think the Steelers specifically looked at him because they like something specifically about him. Um, Brian can probably fire five examples off the top of his head where someone who wasn't that great somewhere else, but fit well with the Steelers, which made them such a good player. Yeah. Like, I'll go ahead, Brian. You know what? Right away, I'm going to go with James Ferrier. That's Um, what I thought you would say. You know, I I went to a game in a, in 2004 in New York I was there on business and uh, so I went to this New York game the Steelers were playing at night and I said hey thanks for James Ferrier and the guy behind me uh, a Jets fan said uh, you know we couldn't get a Yugo for this guy and you get him and he's like a defensive MVP I don't get it and I'm like we'll take him thank you so um, that's the kind of guy that came here really fit the system did well Um, hopefully we can get the same thing out of this tight end now, before we get go any further, I should say that we've been talking now for about six minutes, according to my screen in the live chat, stating that we just showed up on the screen. So um, let's it, what we're talking about right now is the trade that the Steelers made with the Seattle Seahawks for Frank the Tank. I'm just joking. <laughs> um, for obviously uh Nick Vanette of the Seahawks, who was a third round draft pick in 2016, and they sent a fifth round pick away. And it should be noted, Dave, correct me if I'm wrong here, that the trade that was gone, that was sent to Seattle, was the trade that the Steelers received from Jacksonville for Joshua Dobbs, correct? Um, It's believed to be. um, Before I answer that, I'm going to say, when we went live, it's not like we're delayed. Just whatever we talked about before that point is now coming on so or or, or no is is like it's it's gone so we're gonna have to repeat any good stuff that we said um when we i mean we heard brian sing brady bunch and all that stuff no one got it it's terrible it's all gone 
So, Bobby. yes. Well, bottom line is this. Um, an article that I did that outlined what picks the Steelers have left, they don't, they don't always officially confirm some of these things. Um, but, but what's going on is the both of their fifth round picks are gone. They traded them both. We believe that their own pick was part of the one that went to Miami to move up to the fourth round as part of the Fitzpatrick deal. And that this was the other pick that they had from Jacksonville that went to Seattle. It could be the opposite, but really for a Steelers fan, does it really matter which one went where? Um, But I'm pretty sure that it is that one because of the way the comments some of the people have made um, that would act, that that would know, but nothing is officially announced. Yeah, it's a it's a fifth round pick. <laughs> Either way, I uh, you know I I loved what Lance said last night on the standard as a standard when he talked about how Mark Cavalli got on Twitter and said, "Oh my gosh, you know, look at all these fifth round picks that the Steelers like, you know, like Kittle and there were a bunch of other players that are really Richard Sherman was on that list as a fifth round pick. How many fifth round picks actually stick around? You know? Shaquille Richardson. Do you remember him? I do. He didn't stick around. Fifth round pick. <laughs> He didn't stick. I think the most notable because Lance actually looked it up and put it on his Instagram page. I think William Gay was the most notable fifth round pick that actually played and Jesse James. James. Right. Yeah. So I'm not saying it's impossible, but it's just like when people say, well, you know, Tom Brady and Antonio Brown were selected in the sixth round. How many of six rounders turn into generational talents? Not many, not many. So, okay. Um, I really apologize about the fact that the show started late, that you might have seen us show up on your screen and or maybe you're listening in audio and you're like, why is the show starting with Brian talking right in mid-sentence? Not our fault. Let's get everyone caught up. We're talking about the trade. Don't want to spend too much time on that. If you want to hear that, you can go back to uh, Dave's Stat Geek. He talked about that at length. You could talk, listen to Lance and I last night on the Standard is a Standard. We talked about it at length. Everything now is gearing up for this week four game against the Cincinnati Bengals. And the title of this episode is this must win game. Now I use quotations around must win for a reason, because a lot of people laugh at that and say, it's, it's just a week four game. But then there's a lot of people that think this absolutely is a must win game. So before we break down any X's and O's or anything like that, Brian, I'll start with you. Is this a must-win game for the Pittsburgh Steelers on Monday Night Football? Absolutely. You gotta. I mean, you gotta get the season started somehow. I'm not throwing in the terrible towel just yet, and I know a lot of people are, and a lot of people are lamenting over the uh, top five pick that the Steelers lost. Ah, guys, there's still plenty of season left. Um, we've seen it happen before. We've seen this team party like it's 1989, 30 years ago, go 0-2, 92 to 10 with personnel that was a lot worse than this on both sides of the ball. Um, this is a prideful team. They're going to get it together. So, yeah, it's a must win. If you lose this game, you're 0-4. You could probably give up hope at that point, but I'm not jumping ship. Dave, must win game? Oh, of course it is. And uh, I can prove it to you in StatGeek. So go for it. Let's go right into it. You want to do it? Yeah, let's do it. Okay. Well, first of all, let's, 
I really like that this is the game that is that's fallen here at the as the fourth one. If the Steelers are 0 3 and going in to any game of the season, I'm pretty glad that it's this one. Uh just to just to set the stage, how many straight wins have the, do the Steelers have at home on Monday night? Ooh, on Monday night at home. Brian, go ahead and take a stab. They haven't lost since 1991 on Monday night at home, if I'm not mistaken, and that was to the Giants. That is 100% correct. And do you know how many games it's been since then? Uh, 15? No, it's got to be more than 15. You're, um, you're very close. It is 16. Uh, wow. Yeah, you were pretty much right on there. So 16 straight games at home. So they've never lost a Monday night football game at Heinz Field. Uh, so we have that. How many in a row have they won against the Cincinnati Bengals? Not Monday night games, but just games in general against the Cincinnati Bengals. Six. I was going to say five. It's actually eight. They are nine and one over the last 10 games. Wow. It was the ninth game back that they lost. So they've won eight in a row against the Bengals, 16 in a row at home. And the problem is this is a must-win game because how many teams – I went back to since I just did since 2000. Let's make it in this millennium. How many teams in this millennium have gone 0 and 4 and made the playoffs? What percentage? This is the easy question. Zero. Zero. You are correct. It is zero. There's not been a team that has gone 0 and 4 and made the playoffs. I don't. I'd have. I'd have to go back further than that to just to see if it's ever. But my you know other what stats, I say about you know what I say about stats like that though. Uh huh. It's never, be that one. it's never happened until yeah. it does. <laughs> exactly. But this is, but, but let me ask you this. Cause then people are like, Oh, Oh, and three versus Oh, and four, the NFL, they break up their seasons into quarters. We are going into the last game of the first quarter. So here is what we need. We need to be that one and three team. How many one and three teams have gone on to make the playoffs. I don't want to, rather than say how many, because you don't know how many there are. What percentage of one in three teams have gone on to make the playoffs since the year 2000? Shoot. I want to say that it's only been like two teams. Isn't Emma, am I right? One of them was our beloved a 2002 Pittsburgh Steelers. Uh, I'll say 5%. All right, that's what Cree Cree was saying five percent. Okay, our buddy Mark from Down Under was saying three percent. Snowman, um, I think I clicked off of his, um, was three percent. So the answer is thirteen point seven percent. There have been nineteen teams out of one hundred and thirty-nine since two thousand that have started one and three and went on to make the playoffs. So it's not being one and three is still attainable being 0 and 4 never happened since 2000 and i like i said i really wish i could have gone back and checked to see if it's ever happened and at what point it did so that's why this is such a must win game basically if you want to go with past statistics like jeff says it doesn't really matter until someone does it in essence one of these two teams is pretty much getting knocked out of everything monday night no yeah i mean well theoretically um, but it's, I always go back and, and you hear these, uh, go back to 2005 when the Steelers got into the playoffs as a six seed and what they say, no team has ever run the gambit on the road and gone on to win a Super Bowl as a six seed. And I guarantee you a lot of people were just thinking fans that is, 
oh man that sucks it's never happened before until until it happens and it did and so i am not you know I, I hate stats like that sometimes go ahead brian you want to say something yeah you know the the uh, 2013 pittsburgh Steelers team that started out 0 and 4 or with an, a missed field goal and Andy Reid um, oh, resting dude. all of his players. Hey, okay, hold on, hold on, hold on. That was San Diego, Kansas City. Yep. Yeah. Brian, Brian, who was the kicker? You should Brian know Suckup. Very good. It's a forty-two yarder. It and is. Andy Reid rested, rested everybody. Twenty-one <laughs> starters. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. And yeah, he got he wants to eat it. Okay. I was at that Steelers game against the Browns. Um, that was before I had they, season tickets. They demolished um, the Browns. Oh, um, in the snow, it was great. I was I was at that game. That was my nephew's first ever game. That we were we were part of a, a group of us went to that game. I had some poor Browns fans in front of me. Um, they were the nicest people. I even used my terrible towel to wipe up their seats. Um, and they were just like, yeah, we, we're still cheering them on, even though we're terrible, blah, blah, blah. But we we just went to say, hey, let's win a game, enjoy it, get to that 500, this is great. And then we're watching the scoreboard. And then you're seeing all these things that I remember needed to happen, and every single one of them fell into place. I, I mean, it was Cincinnati beating Baltimore. Um, it was just so many different things. It was a great day of football. It was a phenomenal day of football. The only thing that had to happen, there was like eight things that needed to happen at the one o'clock games and one thing at the four o'clock game. And every single thing happened at the one o'clock game. We were, I was in line waiting to get on the gateway clipper to go home, listening to that game. When I, the announcement came through that they were arresting 21 starters. And I said it to the people around me. And of course, people that were there at the game, they're all upset about that. We're listening to it. I'm listening to it the whole way home. I'm going back to my parents' house close to Deep Creek Lake. So it was a couple hours away. They missed the field goal when we were getting close to the house, listen to it on the radio. And we went in the house and watched and watched the overtime defeat. And it was just, that was a crazy day. It was a phenomenal day up until that kick. Because I remember watching it in my basement thinking, oh my gosh, this is going to happen. I mean, we would, like you said, there was a laundry list of things that needed to take place for the Steelers to even be in the discussion of a playoff. And everything fell into place. And you're like, oh my gosh, all we have to, all we need are the Chiefs to beat the Chargers and we're in. And Ryan Suckup, who's still in the league, who's still in the league, I still cringe when i hear his name uh and isn't he a western pa native i don't know that i believe so i believe he's from the area but um he was a mr irrelevant okay mr irrelevant he was the last player taken in the i can't remember the year he still is I was at Bush Gardens with my family at Christmas Land. Um, and my daughter is like, oh, she was really young and she's making this pottery thing. And here I am on the phone watching the game on my phone. I was the worst husband and dad that day, but everything was coming together. Yep, starting to come together. 
Oh, well, let's hope we don't have to deal with that. 2013 was the year they started 0-4. There's been a lot of chatter in the live chat about that. Um, that was the last time, and that was uh, it was a very memorable season for me. That was the year I was actually selected by NBC to be a fan of the week for the Week 2 game, Sunday Night Football against the Chicago Bears. And um, they lost that game, and I remember how horrible it felt when all these Bears fans were moving down into the seats, and uh, it was awful. It was Jay Cutler. That was Jay Cutler. They lost to. But that was like the Jonathan Dwyer year. And, you know, this is the. Yeah, it was Bell's know, rookie year. Bell was still injured. He didn't play until they went to London in week four. Uh, and he scored a touchdown in that game, actually. Uh, but still, that, that was a really bad uh, game. I went to a game later in that year, too, uh, against Cincinnati on Sunday night, I think. That was when. Um, oh, shoot. Huber, the punter, got his jaw broken. By, Terrence Garvin. Yes, Terrence Garvin, the West Virginia product. That and, was the first season where I ever went to a game at Heinz Field with my father. And we went to the Detroit Lions game, which was the game where they scored 24 points all in the second quarter. You know, Pitts, the Steelers had two touchdowns quick and early. And then the Lions came back and took the big lead. And then, um, that was just a great, fantastic game. Wasn't that a uh, that was a throwback game? They wore their bumblebees that game. Yes, they, they did. Yes, Megatron, Megatron, and Antonio Brown yes. went ballistic in that game. And that was the game that my dad still swears that um, Antonio Brown scored a second touchdown and pointed right at me because I was twelve rows up wearing the same bumblebee jersey that he was wearing, and he and and it's one of these iconic pictures you would see him in the bumblebee like that. Mm-hmm. You know, with his, you know, my dad still swears to this day he was pointing at me, and everyone else tells me we're crazy. I said, I know, but my dad always no, enjoyed that. No, no, he's pointing at you, and you run with that story, Dave. <laughs> I mean, you guys, you guys know how enormous I am. How could you yeah. miss me? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, you just go with that story. I, I am, I am buying it. I'm drinking that Kool Aid, and okay, that's so why the, the this past off season was so painful. So we got a little sidetracked. And yes. Dave, are you done with your stat geek? Oh, yeah, that was it. Yep. For those that are watching in live time, Dave, get ready. The clock just struck nine o'clock. Yes. And I'm so trying what that this. what that means is that as of right now, uh, our contest that we've been running to give away free tickets to the Monday night game, this Monday night game against the Cincinnati Bengals in week four is officially up. Now, if you haven't checked out the website, this store ran Tuesday, I believe, so two days ago, and Dave wrote up and um, we picked the slogans for t-shirts that we thought were you know, decent. And uh, we did a vote and it came down to two and they were neck and neck the entire time. Dave, tell us who won. Well, I first have to tell you one other crazy statistic. Okay. The final number of votes were no joke. 11,111. That's Ah. incredible. One, 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 one. It's an, it's an omen for something. Yes. I don't know why. And that's because two of these went crazy. I know people were out there trying to sell it for other people to vote for them. It was narrowed down between In Mason We Trust and Carry On My Hayward Son. And the winner with 49% of the vote to 47% of the vote is, this went back and forth all day every time I checked, in Mason, we trust. Oh, yeah. The Rudolph clan is. And so, so what will happen now is Dave will get in touch with whomever that is. As soon as the show is over. As soon as the show is over to let them know that they won. 
I do say I like both of those enough that I am going to take those to our t-shirt production company and see if we can get both of those turned into t-shirts. Um, and so um, anyone, if you were the person that put in, uh, if you're listening to a podcast, you might not, you might just obviously check the website and you say, Hey, you know, that was mine. I am in Mason. We trust. Congratulations. You just got two tickets for free to go to the Cincinnati Bengals Monday night game at Heinz field against the Pittsburgh Steelers. That's pretty freaking cool. Go ahead, Brian. Anything to say about that? I will wear both of those. Great job. Uh, got to look at the list when we uh, looked at all the entrants. You know, really some clever stuff in there. Um, fantastic. Uh, I, I love this contest. And Brian, because uh, the SB Nation was nice enough to, and Dave too, nice enough to get all paid contributors behind the Steel Curtain logo t-shirts. Speak to the quality of the shirts that uh, you received. You know, it's not your typical um, rough material T-shirt like the the cheap ones. It is a really nice, comfortable T-shirt. Um, I loved it, and uh, we got a gray one with the big the big uh, behind the steel curtain logo. I uh, I showed my family. They're like, "That is awesome." I'm like, "I can't wait to rock this thing out." Yeah, and you anyone can buy those if you go to behindthesteelcurtain.com. Scroll down, you'll see a giant space on the site that says the behind the steel curtain or btse fan shop click on that you'll see they have black all black with the logo and then also gray with the logo dave what were your thoughts on the shirts my thoughts on the shirts was i wish they offered them in larger sizes um because it i would, did not purchase it for myself i am sporting my dilly dilly that has the behind the steel curtain is that an older that's logo the, or is that's that the, the old logo yeah with yeah. the red yeah but yes um but I, I went ahead and ordered one so it could be represented for the size for my wife. And even for the ladies, it looks very well. She got the, um, we, I got her the gray and she's already, I think she's worn it out of the house two different times now because she likes it so much. Yeah, support the cause. That's what you got to do. Spread the love. You know what? Christmas time, I think I'm going to get a lot people in my family want to let them advertise for me and unless we get touchdown zone t-shirts i got my family the dilly dilly one because it had the logo um so like my brother wore it up to, to the to the games he's gone to my uh, my nephew has one um so yeah it's i'm i think that's going to be christmas presents from uncle dave this year is going to be um behind the silk curtain shirts the, uh, the the one thing that I want for the touchdown zone sure is I wanted to say get in the zone, the touchdown zone, but one of the O's, I want it to be the logo, the behind the steel curtain logo. So not my like, face? My no, face could be enough. face is not going <laughs> to be on it. <laughs> I want it to be the same italics that says get in the zone instead of a get in the zone, auto zone, get in the zone, the touchdown zone. I thought mine was pretty good. That was the play on the uh, on the, on the Twilight Zone that I made and sent about Brian. That, that was, was that pretty was... funny. That was pretty funny. We could probably do that too. Shameless self promotion. That's what I'm here for. Ab absolutely, absolutely. Okay, so let's get down to brass tacks, shall we? And let's talk about this upcoming game, the Week Four Monday Nighter. Guys, there's a lot to discuss here. There's the image if you're watching live on YouTube. You can see you have now entered the touchdown zone with Brian Anthony Davis's mug in the middle of the screen. <laughs> okay, so there's a lot to talk about here. There's a lot to digest. And I said this last night, and I'll say it again. Guys, I really don't feel like they're... I don't feel like this is about the Bengals. You know, I feel like this is about the Steelers. Uh, I don't think that this is about... 
how do they match up with this guy and how do they match up with this guy? It's about can the Steelers go out and can they actually convert their downs and can they actually stop the run and can they actually have some semblance of cohesiveness between offense and defense that we have yet to see throughout the first three games of the regular season. So Brian, with that said, if you're to pinpoint one thing that you're looking for that needs to improve with this Steelers team, it can be offense, defense, special teams, doesn't matter. It could be coaching. I don't care. What are you looking to see change from week three to week four? Well, if a lot of things need need to change, and they do, it all starts with the offensive line. So that was absolutely – the offensive line was absolutely dreadful. They made Mason Rudolph look worse. He actually – I thought he had an admirable, show, admirable showing, and um, they really – they weren't giving him that much time. Um, they weren't getting any holes right for uh, James Conner to get into. Um, so it all starts with them. This is a unit with three pro bowlers, and uh, they do not look like uh, the number one unit that Pro Football Focus just named them at the very end of the 2018 season. They were the number one offensive line, according to PFF, and now they are nothing but dreadful. Dave, what about you? One thing, what would you do? Not what you did last week. <laughs> I mean, on offense, change it up, change it up. Uh, I, I've said it, and then I heard. It's funny because I used to follow a lot of other uh, Steelers stuff, but now I pretty much follow art stuff. But I, I did catch some stuff this week. I'm like, hey, I said that same thing, and that is, don't ask Mason Rudolph to be Ben Roethlisberger. Don't ask him to run his offense. You need to run Mason Rudolph's offense. I mean, you have the whole season to do it. You're not just going to try to get him to adapt to Ben Roethlisberger. So that's what you need to do. Run the offense based on the players that you have. Yeah. Uh, to me, in I listen back to, I, I always listen back to all of our shows because I want to hear quality and I want to make sure if there's any way we can improve our shows. I was listening to the standards, the standard today as I was on the way home from work. And the one thing I couldn't get out of my head is that this defense should be better than what it is. It, it literally just should because they have the pieces and you just got to put the puzzle together. And I, I'm hoping that I, this is a stretch, but I'm hoping Keith Butler can actually find a way. And if Mike Tomlin has to step in or if um, I'll shoot the uh, assistant coach who's to help him with the secondary guys, help me out here with this name. Austin. Ter coach Terrell Austin. Austin. Yes. If, if he can help come in, I don't care who has to do it. But my goodness, this defense should be so much better. And I don't care how many snaps they're playing because they should have the depth, in my opinion, to go out and continue to play at a high level. I want to see them stop the run. I want to see them get after the quarterback. I want to see just a defense that gives me some hope that if it's a third and 15, you're not going to give it up again. Like they have, uh, it seems like, a four or five times in three games. It's so frustrating. There was a time where if it was third and 10, you would just say, I can go to the bathroom right now. They're going to force a, they're going to force a punt or they're going to force a field goal. Now it's third and 15. And I'm thinking, are they going to give this up? Are they going to give up a little five yard screen pass and the guy's going to run for a first down? That's, that's where we are right now. And it's a scary proposition, but I think that's something that needs to change. And I'm not sure how that's supposed to happen. I'm not a defensive expert or anything like that, but this defense and this offense, but more so the defense, in my opinion, has 
Talent, Watt, Hayward, Tuitt, Hargrave. I mean, you go into the secondary, I think Nelson's played great. Joe Hayden has played well. Now you have Minka Fitzpatrick. It, there's first and second round players sprinkled all across this flip and defense. They have to play better, period. That's my just so just my opinion, though. So, and, and you know, here's the thing. I don't want to take away your guys' time, but, you know, Mr. First Name, Last Name, they forced five turnovers last week. Yes, they did. Not taking that away from them. However, two botched snaps were gifts. The Steelers obviously are, are, are a team that has to take advantage of those. It's situational stuff. The Steelers take the lead. What do they do? They let them drive right down the field and get the lead back. They take the lead again, and they let them drive all the way back down. It's it's a frustrating thing, and Mike Tomlin said in his post-game press conference, he said, we turned the ball over. They made us settle for field goals. We turned the ball over, meaning like James Conner's fumble or Mason Rudolph's um, interception. They turned into seven. That's a difference. The defense has to play better. That's just me. Dave, do you agree or disagree? I agree, but there's something that I was just thinking about with this, and that is they have so much talent on that defense, but the only way in in, in the current setup that they're going to be successful is if they have 11 players on the field that can do anything that you ask them to do. And that is because they, they don't change what they're doing when not think of it from the other team's perspective would they know that if they come out with this personnel in this formation they're going to get this matchup and therefore they can exploit that matchup because what do you know they know what you're going to do because you always do the same thing okay last year in san diego they knew they could get keenan allen on john bostick because that's what they were going to do because they don't change anything up and you know what's always coming. I mean, Philip Rivers said it after the game. We knew exactly what they were going to do every play. So it was no surprise from this defense. The one thing that they that they try to do to mix it up is they'll send the um the Mike Hilton on on a blitz from from the nickel corner. But when they do, they don't they try to quote unquote disguise it even though everybody knows it's coming and they don't rotate someone over to cover that player fast enough and he's going to be wide open every time. But that's the only thing they do to mix it up. When the other team knows exactly what matchup they're going to get based on what they do because you always do the same thing, then they're going to exploit that. You've got to just say, "You know what? Let's not line up the same way every time." Yeah, no you're right, Brian. What do you think? I can't agree with Dave Moore. Um, it is generic. It is, uh, I'd like to call it vanilla, but vanilla is awesome compared to this. That's just a tasty flavor. This is just like, uh, you know, Greek yogurt with no flavor whatsoever that tastes like paste. And that's exactly what this offense looks like right now. There's no imagination to it. Um, I thought it was going to change. Um, it looked like it was changing in the uh, second half against the Seahawks. And Dave's absolutely right. It just, it was 
they know everything they're going to do. How many times are we going to see that toss sweep to James Conner? They sniff that out like crazy. Everybody knows it's going to happen. I mean, they did it three times in a row against the uh, against the Patriots. So, yeah, Dave, I'm with you on that one. They've got to get some imagination to this offense. Well, that's something that someone said in the live chat. They said, oh, because I was talking about the defense. They said, oh, my gosh, you can't let the offense off the hook. I'm not saying that at all. The offense has plenty to improve upon. I'm saying that the defense, in my opinion, has the talent, the pedigree, as Lance always says, that they should be better than what they are. Now, here's $1.99 from... Um, Don't even D- try. Yeah, no. <laughs> <laughs> he says, well, Mason, meaning Mason Rudolph and James Washington, show their connection on Monday night. Dave, what do you think? I don't know that it's going to be like, oh my goodness, I can't believe these two guys, but I think you'll see it a little bit more than you did last week. Well, which was hardly anything. Yeah, what was it? Do you have two or three receptions? Would have had Washington. a big catch down the down the middle, which would have gone for six if he didn't get interfered with. Oh yeah, that was that's one of those plays where they obviously interfered on purpose to save the touchdown. It's a good play. That's a good yeah. play. That's you interfered there, yeah. So and that's the thing because that's all yards that didn't count for Washington, didn't count for Rudolph, didn't really count for the offense. They just went under penalty yards. Exactly. So. What about you, Brian? Do you think that the Cowboy connection, which I think got more votes than your Steel Cowboy idea. My Steel Cowboys? I'm still going with Steel (laughs) Cowboys. I'll just like pirate that, get a Sharpie and make my own BTSE shirt. (laughs) Now, yeah, it's got to get going because that opens up Juju more. And uh, just just something uh, you fellas just said here, I actually think that uh, that, uh, teams should get, players should get, credit for pass interference yards actually on their stats um that's just my opinion there if you're if you're given a pass interference penalty why not get the yards because that's a uh, those are yards that you couldn't get because somebody cracked you illegally yeah. but that's that's a whole uh, but a then whole you're other. talking about players that are really only worried about stats so i'm yeah, like but, that's, a, Some, that's a whole someone who's thing. more humble that doesn't carry as much ter- doesn't care as much about their stats is like, hey, I don't care. I just got us down the field. Well, and then yeah, you, also, but- you also look at the NFL and them showing to put a, more, an emphasis on fantasy football, even though they just partnered with uh, uh, DraftKings as the official daily fantasy league of the NFL today. So <laughs> go for, go figure. Yeah, wow. you know, but but for me there, I mean, it shows when you brought that up, Dave or Jeff, about that long pass. That's uh, that was a a ball that he would have caught. So that's something that uh, you know he gets credit for, even though it's not on the stat sheet. But he made something happen there. That that connection would have connected. I get so it. they're they're trying to use it. They're trying yeah. to get it together, but they need to uh, put more emphasis on it just to open up Juju. Well, they also need to let Rudolph have a seven, five, seven step drop without someone breathing down his neck. I mean, guys, everyone wants to rip him for he had two passes that went two yards or more beyond the line of scrimmage that were completed in week three. No one's denying that fact. But if you watch the tape again, he was pressured all the time, all the time. The offensive line is going to have to play better. So Snowman puts $2 in the tip chart, and he asks, who is the starting tight end this Monday night? Dave, who do you think is the starting tight end? Well, saying he didn't pr- that McDonald did not practice, then it's probably going to be Vanette, unless McDonald 
gets to practice by Saturday in order to play Monday. Yeah, he's going to have to get at least one day in. Brian, what do you think? I think it's going to be Vance McDonald. But if uh, Nick Vanett gets in, he's going to score a touchdown. Really? He's going to get in the touchdown zone? Yeah. You know what? Let's let's just table that. Forget I even said that because we've got a little segment coming up that I might rehash this. So I'm not going to elaborate. But, yeah, he will. Okay. Those little touchdowns in reference there. All right. So that's good. Um, if you have questions, you can always see fire away throughout the rest of the show. We'll try to do our best to get this. Let's talk about X factors, something we typically talk about during this show. A player that we think is going to be a difference maker, typically for the good guys as the Steelers. Uh, Brian, we'll start with you. Who's your X factor? Can be offense or defense, doesn't matter. Okay, bear with me on this. The X factor in this game could very well be a guy that we don't even know if he's going to play, and it's Vince Williams. When okay. he is on the field, they play better against the run. Um, if he is in there, that they will they will uh, shut Mixon down a whole lot more. Um, but if he's not in there, we're going to be. I mean, that uh, middle of that defense is going to be suspect again. So I'm going Vince. I like that. I you, I've said last night, Lance and I were kind of spitballing towards the end of the show and, and he was talking about how Devin Bush has struggled in coverage and I said well heck so is Barron and I said if both of those guys are going to struggle in coverage then why wouldn't you just play Vince Williams who struggles in coverage but can stop the run so take that for what it's worth Dave what are your thoughts I'm going to agree with someone that just put it in the live chat and you're going to think I'm crazy um, I'm going with Deontay Johnson I think he's the guy. I read a stat today. I don't know who put it out there, but it was something about him being in the top five and NFL and receivers with getting separation. Um, I have no idea. Like I said, I can't. I can't give credit to wherever that was. I have no idea where I read it, but um, that that he's someone out there that's 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 getting separation, and especially being a being a rookie now, as it's coming and we're getting into that fourth game, that's something. That's when guys are really starting to starting to step up and and become. I mean, this is right around the time in his rookie year that, that Juju really started to to take off. So if he can take off, then all of a sudden, oh my, what are we going to do to cover him? And then guys like Juju and James Washington are might have a little bit easier time. Yeah. Yeah. So for me, I'm going to, I'm going to have a cop out here. I'm going to do a, uh, a cop out and say that to me, it's the offensive line it is the X factor in this game and they have to do better. They have to play better. And if, if I'm Sean Surrett, I'm, I'm livid this week. I mean, I'm furious because you know what everyone's saying that because I'm coaching and Munchak's gone, that's why the run game's awful. And because Munchak left, the offensive line can't do what they did when Munchak was here. And so for me, I would, I'm hoping that this, this team is not just angry, but motivated. I think that's a, there's a big difference between those two things. Anger is what we always saw with the Bengals. It, it can lead to good play, but it can also lead you to go overboard playing motivated and that's that's where you want to be and i think that's where they should be but this offensive line they are going to go the Steelers are going to go as the offensive line goes in terms of third down conversions in terms of rushing the ball in terms of protecting rudolph all those things 
going to have to be the offensive line. Go ahead, Brian. You want to say something? Jeff, I want to support your point there. Let me let me do a stat geek here. How many sacks did Bronco the Broncos offensive line give up um, last week? Oh, they were playing. Um, I'm gonna say four. That, I don't, I don't that know. Wasn't, they they know. played Chicago the week before and gave up a bunch. Six. Um, they gave up six. six. Who were they? Who did they play last week? Help me remember that. Uh, I don't know. Packers, the Green Bay Packers. Okay, yes, yes. But they've gone up against uh, some pretty good defenses. But so have the, the Steelers. But what I'm saying is Poor uh, Joey, poor Joey Flacco. So Munch Munchak Munch's new bunch is not uh protecting uh uh is not Wacko for Flacco right now. Let's just put it that way. <laughs> Wacko for Flacco. <laughs> the new Munch Bunch isn't Wacko for Flacco. Gotta love it. <laughs> Oh, I need to talk to Tim over there at uh, Mile High Report and tell him to get on some of these T-shirt ideas. <laughs> <laughs> okay, um, you're a good point. Point taken in regards to Munchak. So we'll see. Uh, it's going to be an interesting game, and I'm really anxious to hear your guys' predictions. And we're going to get to that after this fantasy football segment because, as you all know, we're in a league. It's a Fanduel league, not DraftKings, the official Fanduel of uh, official daily fantasy league of the NFL now. What a freaking joke. Anyways, um, we're all in a league together, so we like this daily fantasy stuff, and so we decided that we're going to give you a person you should start and a person you should bench. This is an inter- intriguing matchup with two 0-3 teams. Dave, we'll start with you. If there's someone you're definitely starting, who is it? I want to sound like a broken record. I'm going to start Deontay Johnson. I think he's still... I started him last week, and he played well, but unfortunately, um, the other guys I played for other teams did not. Um, I think because he's cheap enough, um, and you could you could get some good production out of him there. So I would go with him. Deontay Johnson, your your arch rival. Your no, your... I mean I am on it. <laughs> he has totally flipped uh, flipped the script there. Uh, what about you, Brian? I would like to uh, name drop the uh, 1985 top 20 song by one Paul Hardcastle and say, no, 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 19, 19, Juju Smith-Schuster. So you're saying start Juju. Yeah, I'm starting Juju this week. He's going off. Last week, I I actually started the Cowboy Connection in my Fandle League. And man, did I regret that. If you would have called them Steel Cowboys, they would have won. I'm just saying. I almost, I almost did too, but Deontay Johnson was cheaper, so I went no, with him. Yeah, no, I get that. It was just, I just thought that man, these guys are going to light it up because they did it in college so much. But you know what? If I'm having to start somebody, you guys pick some good ones with Juju and Deontay. I'm going to go a little bit different. I'm going to go the running back route. I'm going to go with James Conner. And you're probably thinking, oh, my gosh, what an idiot. There's no way you would start James Conner. This is a Bengals defense that gave up over 200 yards rushing to the uh, San Francisco 49ers. So with that said, I'm going to actually take – yes, we do need Frank West. (laughs) Uh, I'm going to actually say to start James Conner, to give him a chance, let him see what he can do. I know he's had a rough go of it so far. But he's a guy you might be able to put in your flex. I wouldn't have him as my like, top running back. Might be able to save some money. Or Jalen Samuels is another option at that position. So there you go. Dave, you're benching someone. Who are you benching? I know it seems like a cop-out, but I'm I'm benching Vance McDonald because I don't know if he'll play. And even if he does, I don't know how effective he could be. 
So I, he, just too much of a question mark. Um, if you're doing this not from a daily fantasy standpoint, or or if you are doing daily fantasy, but you're doing the whole weekend, you're not doing just a single game for the Steelers, you can't hold on. To, you can't put him as your tight end, not knowing if he's going to be playing until until the game comes. Okay, what about you, Brian? Who are you benching? James Conner. Sorry, Jeff. I just uh, until I until I could see it, until the eye test uh, gives it a pass. I'm I love James Conner, but it's just not happening. It looks like he could break out, but they're not even giving him the ball. They, I mean, it's the game plan is uh, since the end of last season hasn't given him the rushes that he he needs and um the offensive line isn't even opening up holes for him and he is running he is running timid as well and i don't know what's going on but until he breaks out i'm not touching him okay so someone in the live chat said to bench connor and start samuels i'm gonna obviously say the complete opposite jalen samuels didn't touch the ball last week for a reason i'm not sure what that reason is but i feel like that's just, Mike Tomlin operates that way sometimes. And so I would say that until Jalen Samuels gets more opportunities, you don't want to risk putting him in your lineup to only maybe get one or two carries or one or two receptions. So I'm going to say bench Jalen Samuels this upcoming week. So there you go. Um, let's get to our predictions before we answer some Jeff, questions. What we have, we have a, um, a super chat question always back that we did not get that I'm afraid is going to disappear. I've got it queued up if you'd yeah, like it. Go, now, yeah, right? go for it. Go for it. Yeah, this was from Big Rush. Okay, 499 in the tip chart. He says, Tomlin is a defensive guy. Good to great head coach. Doesn't struggle on the side of the ball that they champion. Can someone tell me what he does? So in other words, he's a defensive coach, and the defense isn't very good. He should be having better defense. So what does he do if he is not helping the defense primarily? Okay. Uh, Brian, do you want to take a stab at this? That, that's the million dollar question because, um, you know, you look at, uh, you look at defensive minded head coaches um, and you think that they're going to be so much better on defense. Um, I, I'm bringing up, I'm going to bring up Denver again. Vic Fangio goes over there and they have two studs on each edge, Chubb and Von Miller. And you expect them to be going crazy on defense. And that defense is not, not playing well at all. Um, and he is a defensive genius. Um, Mike Tomlin, he's a defensive mind, but it's not, it's not happening now. So what do you do with it? Um, I think before you do anything is you take a look at the coordinators because those guys, the coordinators on each side of the ball are the guys responsible for that exact unit. Um, you don't really, you really don't want the head coach being the uh, being the defensive genius, uh, you want them to help out, of course. But you're hiring people to make sure that that job is taken care of, so he could delegate, so he could run the whole show. What about you, Dave? I mean, when you look at Mike Tomlin, what do you think he does? Um, the head coach doesn't always get as much into the scheme as everything, but I think he has put himself more in this defense. Um, I don't know if that's that's good or bad. I think this is funny because it wasn't probably even more than five years ago that it seemed like every head coach that was um, had had a, one specialty, their teams were better at the other. Like Bill Belichick, what was he? 
Defense. Defense, he yeah. Was, he was a defensive coach there for a while. The Patriots' defense, was they were all right, but what they're known for is their offense. Because sometimes it seems like those coaches, the other side of the ball than what they're used to, they go out of their way to go get more high-quality coaching staff. I, I think, don't the Steelers carry one of the smallest coaches sta- coaching staffs of any NFL team? Yeah. I think that's a problem. I think I think more eyes is a good thing when it comes to seeing things in practice and game and everything else. That uh, I um, when it comes to that, I, I think more hands are better. For crying out loud, their defensive coordinator is also the outside linebacker coach. I mean, how are you going to devote enough time? No, their defensive it? coordinator is also their other secondaries coach. They just don't call him the defensive coordinator yet. <laughs> I see what you did there. Um, Mike Tomlin has openly said he has his hand in every part of the team, special teams, offense, and defense. People can say what they want about that. That's not what I'm saying. I'm just saying that that's what he said himself. So there you go. Good question though. Let's get to our prediction segment. This is where we ask you in the live chat to give us what you think your score prediction is. Dave, who's going to read us what the final or the most up-to-date odds in the over-under is. So Dave, why don't you spit that out right now? Okay, I will tell you that I brought this up about 15 minutes ago. So unless it's changed since then, it is still at uh, minus four for the Steelers, and the over-under is 44. Over-under is 44? So it's four and 44. All right. Brian, go ahead. I'm calling it 28 to 17 in favor of the Pittsburgh Steelers. I think they uh, they uh, get it back this week. Say that score again, please. 28-17. He didn't say 29. 29. I was going to say, I was <laughs> waiting for that crazy number. I was waiting for that crazy number. 31. Okay. Um, so good. There's a good score. Dave, what do you think? Okay. I got a premise this was saying. I was slightly off with the score last week but I kind of called exactly what was going on. I said that the Steelers would be in the game. They would cover. They would both go over, but they would be down four late and need a, and need a score that they wouldn't be able to go get. I, and I also told everyone, don't panic if the Steelers go to 0-3. They need a game to kind of get it together. And San Francisco is way better than they have been especially that defensive front. Uh, so I said, going out to the West Coast, all that, this, the sky is not falling if they don't win this game. I look for them not to, is what I said last week. Um, but they've got give them that game to get ready. All right. With that said, now, of course, everyone flipped out because it wasn't that they lost. It was how they lost, getting the five turnovers and not doing anything. You know, I know a loss is a loss is a loss. But don't tell me in week one that 33-3, to three, Felt felt the same as if it would have been 28 to 27. That's just how it goes. That's how we are. So I'm going to call it this week. That time to get ready is over. I think they squandered a big opportunity to really figure out who they were last week by not changing things up again. You better get on it this week. The Steelers have to do it. The Steelers will do it. They will come out and win in decisive nature. I'm going 31 to 14. Okay. Very good. Wait, does uh, that make me? Did that put me over or under? Oh, that's over. Yeah. Okay. Um, for me, 
it's this is actually crazy because I didn't know the over under last night when I gave my prediction on the standard as a standard. And if you want to hear my detailed, you know, description of what I think is going to happen, um, I'll give it to you in a nutshell here. I think it's going to be a close game. I think the Bengals are going to be in it. Both teams are desperate. I think Andy Dalton has the football in his hand at the end of the game. He needing a touchdown to win, but he doesn't get the job done. I have the Steelers winning 24 to 20, which means that it is an absolute push. Um, Across the board, right? Because it's four points or four and a half. It's four points and forty-four. Forty-four. Over. So I've got it. So a you push, got it. Push a push across the board. So uh, I think that the Steelers obviously win twenty-four to twenty. They get their first win. It might not be the prettiest win. There's still going to be some. There's still going to be a learning curve for Mason Rudolph. There's still going to be some growing pains, but it's a step in the right direction. So there you have it. All three of us like the Steelers. If you want to let us know what your prediction is, go ahead and fire away in the live chat. Also, if you want to have your question answered, go ahead and put it in the live chat now. We'll take a few minutes before we call it a show here and answer any questions you might have. If you want to use the Super Chat feature, you can. All you have to do is click on the little money sign at the side of the comment tab there or the comment bar, and you can donate any amount of money. It goes straight to the show, and it is able to help put money towards things like free tickets to a Monday night football game. So uh, all the, everything, every little bit counts. So keep that in mind. Um, guys, I, I got to be honest with you. I, I haven't checked Dave was, did you, did you get the Bengals injury report? I did. It, I, I had to piece it together from several different sources because nobody said exactly why they were missing. That's typical. Um, Bengals. But yeah, but that was, um, I know Tyler Eifert was out today, but here it was a coach's decision, which kind of was disappointing to me. AJ Green playing. AJ Green. Um, what's the name of their head coach again? Zach. Uh, it's Zach with a C. Zach is it Zach, Zach Taylor? Taylor. Yeah, Zach the, Taylor. The what? What's he like? Twelfth president of the United States? Something Zach like that. Taylor. Um, <laughs> coach Coach Taylor from Friday Night Lights. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> clear anyway, heads, clear hearts, clear something. Um, he said earlier today that AJ Green will not play this week. Yes, he not, he's not ready to come back. Also, two players that were out today were, um, was it Carlos Dunlap? Is that? Is that right? Yep. That is and Carl Lawson. They were both out today. Two very good pass rushers. And they and they also have a left tackle that was limited because he's in the concussion protocol. So therefore he's only allowed to do so much. So he has to get out of protocol. All right, there you go. I, I like this comment here by Dryfly. He says, Remember that game at home? He's talking about the Thursday nighter against the Panthers last year. I hope this game goes something like that. If you remember, that game started off awful. The Panthers started with the football, drive right down the field. Christian McCaffrey makes Vince Williams look like he's running in sand. Touchdown, and you're thinking, here we go. Here we freaking go. Next play, bomb. Juju. Next play after that. That's about three plays later. Three plays later, Vince Williams pick six, and then the doors just get blown off. Yeah. Absolutely blown off. So uh, here's a good question from Snowman. $2 in the tip jar. Appreciate that. He says, will the Steelers make changes on the offensive line? This was something I thought about on my way home from work today. What If they were to make changes, what changes would they make? Dave, we'll start with you. I'm going to say that they don't make changes. Um, I, I, Alejandro Villanueva had the roughest game out of everyone last week. Um, do you really think that they're going to, in order in order to be 
basically his backup is Chooks, who hasn't been active. So they would have to really do something special there. Um, and I don't see them making that change in that way unless they, quote, unquote, were injured, if you know what I mean, because I don't think they would do that. I think he bounces back this week because of the kind of player he is. And if he doesn't, then he might be in trouble for the season, if you know what I mean. That uh, sometimes you just have to see how a player responds to a rough game, if it if they can get better or worse. That's kind of like what they did with uh Dante Moncrief in week two after he had that horrible week one and he got his one pass and we saw what happened and he hasn't got a chance since. So they gave him a chance to bounce back. I think they'll do the same thing with everyone on the offensive line. Um, but if they make a change in game, it might be because they claim that there's a minor injury. Okay. What about you, Brian? You know, I just don't see it happening um, for a while yet. Um, they're going to give this uh, the, this uh, offensive line some time to uh, figure it out because they know what they've had from them before. And like I said, they finished 2018 um, with a fantastic offensive line and a fantastic rating. I uh, I don't think they're ready to go ahead and uh, and make changes, but I would not mind seeing one of my guys. I'm going to agree with Snowman. I'm a Zach Banner guy. I um, mean, I wouldn't mind seeing him get some action. Um, but right now I don't think they're changing. Okay. Uh, I have, I have a couple, uh, I have a question for you all, but to end the show here. And I've asked you this with another team It's actually the Titans. It was the week three preseason game. And that is if you, when you think of the Cincinnati Bengals, which memory comes to mind first? Okay. So you're thinking Steelers Bengals. You think, okay, what am I thinking of? Dave, what is it? I'm thinking of Ryan Shazier, not the bad injury. I'm thinking of forcing the fumble when all the Bengals had to do was run out the clock to win the playoff game, and he forces the fumble, and – was it was it cock was it cockerel that fell? It was it was a, it was a defensive pick, back. Cockerel picked it up. Yeah, and that that game was basically over. Perfect had already run into the tunnel, you know. Whenever they whenever they um, sacked Landry Jones, but they came out and got that got that fumble and went down and won that playoff game. That's what I think of watching the bungles bungle it up. That and that was the crazy game where in the after the game that was when Pac-Man Jones was yelling about Joey Porter, but he kept calling him Jerry. Jerry Porter's out on the field, dude. Lord knows <laughs> old Jerry Porter. Who's the wide receiver for the Raiders? Okay, Brian, when you think of the Cincinnati Bengals, what do you think of? You know what? Um that game was so so huge, um, that 2016 game. But I'm actually thinking of uh, a couple years earlier when um, Vontez Burfecht became public enemy number one a little bit earlier. With uh, and the, but the Steelers broke that. Uh, they were having trouble with the Bengals all along, and they broke that losing streak, and they basically won the division based on. Um, a, I believe it was like 14 or 15, but based on a huge December win in Cincinnati. And I just think about that. And it was, it was just a fantastic victory. When I think about the Bengals, I believe it or not, I don't think about the modern stuff in terms of the last few years. I think about how great the games were when it was Carson Palmer 
and Chad Johnson and TJ Hushmanzada. Those were games that were just, they were hard fought, but it wasn't nasty. I never liked the nastiness that Vontez Burfecht brought to this rivalry. Um, I, you know, you had the, you know, TJ Hushmanzada cleaning his cleats with the terrible towel in the tunnel. Uh, you had, Heinz Ward breaking Keith Rivers' jaw. Um, I'll never forget for the rest of my life the feeling I got when they ran the reversed pass back to Ben, who throws down the field in the 2005 playoffs to Cedric, Cedric Wilson. Wilson, number 80. Yes, Cedric Wilson comes out. I remember when it was Randall L that threw the ball back. And they ran the play, and I see him throw it back, and Ben's wide open. I remember I had like these butterflies, and you stand up and go, "Oh my gosh, oh my gosh, what's happening?" He throws it deep. That like those are the memories that I think of because I really, really hated the way that the rivalry was during the Vontez Perfect era. It was dirty. I'm fine with hard hits. I'm look at the Ravens and the Steelers. They hate each other. It never got to that though. Unless you consider Joey Porter going on the bus after Ray Lewis, that. But that's. <laughs> but see, you guys oh, understand. Joey. Do you guys understand what I'm saying? Like that's my yeah. thinking when I think about the the Bengals and the and the Steelers. Those were some good good matchups. And Chad Johnson, he was a guy that I loved to hate. He's a player that I would love if he was a Steeler. I'd I would have loved him so much, but he wasn't. He but he was still an entertainer. He was an entertainer. Kiss the baby. I, I honestly thought you were going to say your your memory was because I still remember right where I was sitting when I when I saw this was Kimo von Olhoffen rolling up on Carson Palmer's that was leg. The same, the that playoff. was the same game. Yeah, that it was. Game. I mean, that was what like the first drive. That was it was really really early, first, and he hit a bomb. Yeah, to Chris Henry. Yes, on the right sideline, and everyone's like, "Oh my gosh, here we go." And then next, you know, the camera pans back and Palmer's writhing in pain on the ground. And, and you see and, Von Hohe, Von Olhoff, and he was he was upset. He was absolutely. not happy yeah. that he hurt him because that's he not used, the way you want. We to do used that. to play for the Bengals. Von Olhoff did, and who comes in? John Kitna. John Kitna came in. Was not pretty. Go ahead, Brian. Let me jump in here. I believe it was 2000. Um, I'm going to go ahead and say 2014. Um, Late in December, uh, the Steelers are just crushing, just absolutely crushing the Bengals and watching the escalator, watching all these fans. <laughs> There's like seven minutes left no, in the game. It's the escalator. You got to get it right. Escalator. That's what they call yeah, that's it. That's what they call it. <laughs> that, that's awesome. They're on the escalator and they're just like, they can't get out of there fast enough. And it's awesome. Yeah. And I've got to throw in the game we were talking about too um, the crying Bengal fan. Which yep. I think she has her own uh, Facebook page, crying bagel fan. She will be but... at. Uh, she will be there for tailgating with Pittsburgh Dad um, oh, before okay. the game Monday night. Yeah, you lost um, me. The two of them together. No, sh no. She will be there at the game uh, for people to meet her. She's become kind of a celebrity. Yeah, but that. then you got to meet Pittsburgh Dad, and that's like. Oh my gosh, Brian! You know it's funny. It's okay. It's hilarious. Uh, Brian it's hates that. Funny. He, he's, he feels like no that. Jokes. Like you feel about it's Star cut Wars. after cut after cut. There's no jokes whatsoever. Pittsburgh yes, Dad is not there funny. Are. It's, it's hilarious. It's no, hysterical. it's just like hey. 
we like it because it sounds like our dad or grandpa. That's yeah, it. That's, that's, the, point. that's, that's, the, that's whole the whole point. point. Yes, but there's no. They put a laugh track, but there's no jokes. There's no punchline. He, 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 he says, "Come on, Deb. There's no way they're going to fill up your souvenir cup. It's got a picture of the freaking laser loop on it for crying out loud." But that's not hilarious. It's not funny. <laughs> the guy is not funny. No, Mark, we're not getting Pittsburgh down on the show. Oh, I'll I will walk. Oh, I I'd love to have him on. The funny thing is, Brian, I feel like you've had such a hard stance against this guy for so long that even though you think his stuff it might be a little bit funny now, there's no way you'd ever admit it because you've been so yep. adamant that you it's can't stand it. It's the same as you it. in Star Wars. Yeah, you're so adamant. I've never watched a Star Wars episode. You've seen Pittsburgh Dad on Facebook. There's a big difference. Um... I was thinking I want to see. Maybe, maybe we need a summit meeting with me and uh, Pittsburgh Dad. I just, I just don't find him funny. All right, guys, back back to this game. I have a question that I really want to ask you guys. Yeah, we know we obviously have to follow our own website. We are seeing the live chat. We kind of have an idea of a lot of the things that Steeler Nation feels right now. Yep. They are very down on this team. Not that they lost these games because of how they lost these games. They're down on the coaches because they haven't put their players in the right position. They're, I have people, we all know, we all know what Lance Williams is saying. He's saying this season's statistically over when it's not statistically over. It's just emotionally over for him right now because um, he did pick the Bengals. You have to remember the Bengals are not nearly as good as any of the other three teams they've played so far. But that also normally would scare us. My question is, if the Steelers come out and do what they should do and win this game and win it decisively, how different are we feeling on next Thursday? We or the, the fan base? Everybody. The fan base isn't going to feel any different because they're going to say it was the 0-3 Bengals. They suck. It's not a barometer. Beat the Ravens, and then we'll talk. That's exactly what they'll say. I've been running this site long enough that I can predict exactly what the mood and tone of the site will be. They'll be happy they won, but even if it's a decisive win that they look really good, really crisp, everything seems to be falling into place, they'll still say it was a subpar opponent and that there's nothing to get excited about. Talk to me when they beat a good team. Brian, you may disagree, but I guarantee that's what it would be. No, Jeff, I have been with the site five years. I've been side by side with you and we've complained about that, but, and I agree with you 100%. Um, the, you know, this team could, I've seen this team win Super Bowls and then be, uh, and there'd be negative. Well, they're not going to do it next year. I've seen that. We've got a fickle fan base. Yeah. Some of them, some parts of it. Yes. Dave, you haven't been with the site as long, but have you gotten that feeling yet? Um, absolutely. I have, it will silence some people. The, this team is going Owen 16 people because obviously they will no longer have a leg to stand on, but there's still going to be, I, I think those that ha are, I think those that still have hope for this season have just decided to not be as vocal right now. Um, I'm sorry. I have to put this up here. Dennis wants <laughs> to know. Why is Lance on the show? He uh, hates the Steelers and gets most stuff wrong. <laughs> he's not on the he's it. not on this show. That's the thing. No. He's not on this no. show. And honestly, I don't think I don't think Dennis was being being I know. You know, Dennis is one of my favorite commenters. <laughs> yeah. 
So if it was someone that I didn't know, I might not have put that up there. But Dennis, Dennis gives us some good stuff. So I, I think it will change a little bit because some people that have so much of a, of a negative, you know, nothing good can happen this year that are already so worried that they don't have a first round pick next year because they, they're, they're, it's all about the future and nothing about what's going on right now. Who cares about the 2020 draft when you're, when you're in September in 2019, let's worry about 2019 and we'll deal with that in several months. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> what do we get? No, I'm just reading this is his response to why Lance is on the show. He's a five time pro bowler that recorded ten and a half sacks a year. <laughs> oh my gosh, that's so good. Okay. Um with that, with that said, let's let's see how the chips fall. I want to. That's a great way to just. Uh, you need to introduce him next week as the five-time <laughs> Pro Bowl. I'll have to tell Lance when he listens to the show. Just fast forward to the end. Just fast forward to the end. Okay, so um, real quick, to give everyone a rundown of what's coming up. So tomorrow night, Lance will be on by himself for another. Yeah, I said it. I'm sure. It'll be controversial as always. Uh, Saturday, he'll be hosting the burning question. So if you love Lance, then you'll get plenty of him this weekend. Sunday, I'll probably do a short show at some point during the day or, or at night. It'll be like a Q&A type thing, like a primer leading up to the game. And then Monday night, I will be on with Lance for the post-game show after the game. And then we're probably going to double up on Tuesday. That's between Dave and Brian, where Dave will have his stat geek at one time. Brian will have so you get two shows in one day because we're going to have to squeeze everything in there, jam everything in, in terms of our podcast, in terms of a short week leading up to the week five game against the Ravens. So there you have it. But the last thing I want to say is that I wore this shirt today on purpose. I knew we had a show tonight. I'm wearing my Shea Leave shirt because every time they play the Bengals now, I find myself thinking about that 2017 game. And it was incredible to see last week. Not only did he make the trip to San Francisco, but you see him, he's very active on the sidelines. He walks a lot better than he had been. Uh, he still does have a little bit of a an issue with his gait, but at the same time, my goodness, this guy wasn't even supposed to be able to walk. And here he is moving around on the sidelines with his teammates. So don't forget about guys like him that have suffered an injury that really are Still, I mean, he, I guarantee you that has to be difficult. I mean, he, he went from an, uh, an all potential, all pro talent to how do I learn how to walk again? That has to be difficult every day of his life. And so always remember guys, Shay leave. I know you all support and all that stuff. So, uh, just a, a quick reminder, Dave, Brian, if you want to say something, you can feel free or we can call it a show. It's up to you. Now, you know what? I, we got to end on that. I love it. We'll just say to remind everyone who weren't wasn't here at the beginning of the show. Yes. Um, our, in Mason, we trust. That's our winner for the contest, and that's what we're going to go into this week. And we got to trust. You have to. There's no other option. So we're not there. Here we go. We got this. Steelers, we got this. Stay with BehindTheSteelCurtain.com for all your one-stop shop for all your Steelers needs. And as Lance always says, tune in. Tell a friend and subscribe. We'll see you next week for another episode of the Steelers Preview.